A couple, dressed as a vampire and werewolf, enter a cemetery on Halloween. When an argument starts between them, it catches on in a flash. The werewolf knocks the vampire headfirst into the wall of a mausoleum. It's a graveyard smash. The vampire smears blood on the cobblestone path and then joins the countless buried dead. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Conan slash Case Closed, Episode 20, A Haunted Mansion Murder Case. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, although in honor of the spooky season, you can call me No One Hears You Scream. So, anyway. No one hears you laugh, either. (laughs) Yeah, that was... um, (laughs) You know what, maybe I'll work on it and try that one again next year at this time. Oh, please do. So, uh, this episode of Detective Conan is streaming as Case Closed on Crunchyroll, so if you don't want to be startled by any spoilers in today's episode, you can check that out right there. And uh, joining me, of course, is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky, who continues to live with me, also continues to watch a lot of anime. So, on that topic, what is the scariest anime you've ever seen, Michael? Hmm. Have I ever been scared by an anime? Objectively scary. I don't know if it's the scariest anime I've ever seen, but in terms of something that probably most people haven't seen, what it immediately leapt to mind was an anime called Better Man, which was probably like from the 1990s. And it was like half horror anime, half giant robot anime. So it was like this organization. And this is actually related in many ways to a, another popular, a more popular uh, anime series, Gao Gaigar, in that they take place in the same universe. Sure, sure. They basically had this robot and they like, would come across like monsters and ghosts and spooky things, uh, yokai, all that nonsense. And they had like a weird like injector arm in the robot for some reason. The robot had to like turn upside down and be controlled by the other pilot uh, before they could do that. I don't really remember the details. It was like a weird transformation. They just wanted to say some English words and hmm. be fancy. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but they had some spooky stuff going on. There's nothing scarier than an anime that no one else has heard of. <laughs> or is it the other way around? People may have heard of it at the time, at the time. So, Mike, what have you got for us today? Uh, so I thought I would quickly explore the statute of limitations on murder in Japan. Is that going to come up? <laughs> Which it turns out uh, is non-existent. There is no statute of limitations on murder in Japan. But that only became true in the year 2010. Prior to that, uh, the statute of limitations was 25 years uh, for murder in Japan. Interestingly, at the same time that 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 law was changed, uh, the statute of limitations for other serious crimes. So this is a weird designation. I I didn't delve too deep into how to to classify uh, various crimes in Japan because it felt like a quagmire that I was falling into where the information was all kind of half and I wasn't getting a complete picture. But basically, uh, the statute of limitations on murder, robbery, and other criminal acts resulting in death that statute of limitations was changed from 25 years to zero. Wait, you mean infinite, essentially. 25 years to infinite, essentially. To infinite, yeah. And those are specifically like crimes that result in the death penalty. And then the other set of crimes which result in life in prison, uh, which was listed as sexual assault, robbery, kidnapping, etc. So that's uh-huh. super helpful. Uh, was doubled from 15 years to 30 years. 
Uh, this also came into being very shortly after the very first uh, jury trial in Japan since World War II. So a lot of change at the, in that 2010. <laughs> Given that this was first aired in 1996, it makes sense. That's before the law mm-hmm. that changed the thing. Yep, that's the thing. <laughs> and before we introduce our guest, I just want to give one announcement, which is that this episode will be our last episode for 2021. We're taking a nice long break to not talk about murders on podcasts, <laughs> uh, sun ourselves out in the northern hemisphere in the winter months, mm-hmm. and um, empty out the fridge. So we'll be back sometime in the next year. And if it is the year 2022, hey, maybe there's new episodes already, and you can go check them out. All right. Really excited to have someone with us to tackle a super fun Haunted House episode. Um, We're releasing this just after Halloween, but I think it still counts. And this is someone who has some experience with haunted houses, is a wonderful person, and let's find out who it is. Our guest this episode is a performer and illustrator, creator of the digital walkable fantastical escape room Delve Immersive, and one time they solved the mystery of the vanishing waffles. I've cracked the case. It's Theodosia Mayfield. Hello, it's me, Theodosia. Welcome, Theodosia. So excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to uh, be tackling a haunted house episode with you. Well, we have some haunted history. We do. Performing together about two years ago in a uh, Halloween time immersive performance. Yeah, that was like right before the uh, the uh, actual horror movie of the pandemic, back when you could actually <laughs> interact with people. Yeah, when you could crowd a bunch of performers and audience members into a small little built labyrinth and, you know, take people into little rooms and and all that fun stuff that's slowly starting to happen again. Slowly but surely. Absolutely. And in addition to that, I've done, uh, I've worked for years at two different haunted houses, uh, at Terror Behind the Walls here in Philadelphia and at Netherworld down in Atlanta. Oh, well, there's lots of connections there because I'm from Atlanta, and Michael <laughs> did Michael did one year at um, Terror Behind the Walls because he was there in 2019. Yeah, the last year as it was. Nice. Do you want to ask Terror Behind the Walls, which is the uh, long-running, slightly changed now, Philadelphia area Halloween haunted house in the um, historic site, Eastern State Penitentiary. So, Michael, do you want to ask some specific in the no questions about it specific in the no questions about a thing that i yeah did yeah <laughs> so you could be like theodosia which chamber were you in did you ever go to the secret break room in the basement with the cheese puffs <laughs> those kinds of questions that doesn't sound great but yeah i would be interested to to hear what sections you worked in yeah i actually worked in the infirmary the year that i worked at there I was a zombie surgeon Mm. who would take people into out of the path of the regular haunted house and put them in a tiny operating room where I would threaten to conduct surgery on them because I would look at them and be like, oh, that's very interesting. Your eyes have gone red. And why do you have three of them? Why are the spiders crawling out of your spine? (laughs) And just tell them about how, well, we need to break out the bone saw aptly named from those times in haunted houses any like one night or one moment that stands out to you uh the one that actually comes out in my mind is when there was a group of 
probably about five teenagers. Four of them were uh, young women, young femme-presenting people, all crowded in a conga line behind this one big burly captain of the football team kind (laughs) of person who was acting extremely tough and scared, as they do in haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then as I sneak up behind them, I jump out, do the oogity boogity boogity boo. Uh, they all run screaming and like because they're all lined up in a row, they all shove the one big guy who's like ling- lunging forward. And then I just hear him scream out, "Ah, oh, I think I shit my pants. <laughs> and I lean over to where they were take a sniff and it's like oh yeah he wasn't lying (laughs) oh man i get startled and scared but in haunted houses but i cannot imagine (laughs) god god he was comfortable with sharing it (laughs) i don't think the other people in his group were comfortable but you know (laughs) either way well guess who we're bringing on the podcast today Here's that group of teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you had a great time. No, no. Yeah, this is a fun. uh, It's more the TV, like a trope in television and movies of like uh, the abandoned house in the neighborhood with the weird, creepy story that they go explore. But it's fun to see these characters be creeped out and think back to our fun, creepy memories. So, Theodosia, what is your past? experience with anime well i started watching pokemon when i was about three and (laughs) it's all gone downhill from there (laughs) no i've watched uh, a lot of the like popular anime that's like oh you gotta check out attack on titan or kill a kill or dragon ball or whatever yeah and then every once in a while get locked into some forum where i'm like oh what's this thing Fooly Cooly, and then just watch some <laughs> random anime that no one else has heard of. Oh, people have for sure heard of Fooly Cooly. <laughs> I mean, uh, once again, until we started recording this podcast, I had seen it, rent it, written, but never spoken. And uh, th- that's something you learn is how to say Fooly <laughs> Cooly. Hey, man, did you see the new anime? <laughs> <laughs> Flockle, flickle, flukle. Yeah, it's it's. Interesting one because it's uh, FLCL to have it written yeah. out, pronounced in Japanese "fudi kudi," and then in the dub they went with "fooly cooly." Yeah. Any favorite anime? Favorite anime? Um, probably Puella Magi Madoka Magica, because I'm a big fan of magical girl animes, and then I'm also a big fan of dark, twisted, what the fuck am I watching kind of animes, and when you put them together, it's great. We've heard of that one. Mike, did you show me a tiny bit of that once? Uh, I've only seen the first two episodes, so I probably didn't. Well, no, I feel like you pulled up a clip. Oh, was it like that part where things get bad in the first episode and someone loses their head? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's what kind of show this is. <laughs> Could be. Turning to the topic of mysteries, what mm-hmm. is your relationship to that genre in television, movies, books? Opening a drawer you haven't opened in a while. Other media. Yeah. Big fan of, I guess, Sherlock Holmes is the big one that is fitting for this podcast, at least. And the one that I feel like everyone gets into originally is like, oh, the original, the classical. 
And from there, I've uh, I actually usually go into the more ethereal, strange, or otherwise fantastical uh, mystery stuff. I've never gotten into like real life or true crime because I just like, oh, it's a dead body. That's unfortunate. But if it's a dead body in space, well, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, a good sci-fi or fantasy murder mystery. Did you watch Sherlock or like more re- the original stories or the Robert Downey Jr. movie? <laughs> all of the above. The uh, they're all. I actually really like the Benedict Cumberbatch one at first. Um, yeah, for a while. The uh, I felt like they did a really good job of adapting the source material and saying a lot of things that feel like they should have only been made sense in a book and they found a way to do it on TV so that you actually understood it uh, and could figure out where all the logic was coming from, which a lot of movies and TV shows, you're just kind of like sitting there while a guy in the corner explains, ah, yes, well, you see. It was this. That's what we got today. I love that. I love both things. (laughs) (laughs) I found myself lost in the contemplation of the idea of a murder in space. And I'm not sure which line of thought made me sadder. The idea that if humanity uh, continues on in space, it is inevitable that someone will be murdered there eventually. (laughs) Or that humanity may or may not last long enough for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Currently, it would be relatively easy to solve because there's like less than 10 people in space at a time. Well, there were three people in space and now there are two. (laughs) And the real killer was William Shatner. Who would have guessed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there must be a murder mystery episode of Star Trek. Oh, absolutely, right? Like I I don't... With all the series. Almost certainly. Someone someone let us know. Send us an email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We could Google it very easily, but we're not well, going we're to. we're recording a podcast. <laughs> we never Google things while recording the podcast. Okay. Sorry, what'd you say? I was busy Googling my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, putting the two concepts together, the same way you put a sock into a shoe, uh, murder mystery detective anime. Have you ever seen one before? Is there a foot involved too, or are you just putting socks into shoes? <laughs> In terms of anime, I think that the only detective anime I can think of is uh, Death Note, which is an anime about detectives. Um, yeah. You're following the killer, mm-hmm. but it's. Does that count? <laughs> We've had this question asked a lot, and I think we determined we don't know. Okay. <laughs> we usually say it does, but then last week our guest came in and said it didn't count. Mm, yeah but this week you're coming in and said it, and it does count so you tip the scales back to maybe we're gonna sit on we're gonna sit on it does for now yeah. until someone else says tells us it doesn't <laughs> it's not a whodunit but it's a mystery murder mystery sort of and i guess the detective pikachu movie if you want to count that my favorite <laughs> anime it's it's a fun movie it's so good i mean i'd like to see pikachu solve more crimes that's true Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, as we move in to start talking about Detective Conan in episode 20, it's been a month or so since we've last talked about Detective Conan. So, Michael, what do the people at home need to know about this anime? Uh, Detective Conan, or Case Closed, are the various exploits and adventures of high school detective Kudo Shinichi, who, once while watching a mysterious deal go down, got attacked from behind and was forced to take a poison, which shrunk him into that to have the body of a child. Uh, he takes up the name Edagawa Conan 
and uh, goes to live with Mori Ron, his high school sweetheart, and her father, uh, Mori Kogoro, who is a detective and goes along on his various murder mysteries and cases to, in hopes of finding more information about his assailant. And so little of that is relevant in this episode. It's lovely. So little of it. <laughs> a good segue from last week, because that was a show inspired by Edogawa Rampo, who Conan Edogawa is named after. All right, so Theodosia takes on the opening song. It's very good. I'd only seen the first episode and then this episode in preparation of the podcast. I was wondering why in the first episode they're showing this random guy walking on a ledge. And then on this one is like, oh, because they don't want to give away the plot twist of hello, young child. This is you. <laughs> Yeah, we we discussed during the first episode, it was very strange to have that like very upbeat song while creepy stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. They just used it in the background of the scene rather than using it as an anime opening song, which is well, the best thing. A so- like, if I was a song, I would want to be an anime opening song. Yeah. <laughs> it's what every song aspires to. The The modern pivot with that these days is usually that in the first episode of anime, they'll just use the opening theme as the ending theme instead. Uh, so that they can show it in its entirety, but not until after the episode. It often spoils the premise of the show, which is sometimes <laughs> half a secret. <laughs> so as we move out of the song, we encounter the first of our main characters for the episode. So we are going to go into a lot of detail about the detective boys, who are Conan's three six-year-old friends. Mm-hmm. starting with Ayumi, who appears at the very beginning. She's adorable. <laughs> She's so cute. And she has some good moments in here. She's often doesn't have, she doesn't have as, like, Mitsuhiko is the smart one and Genta is the hungry one, and she's the girl. The girl. girl. <laughs> it's kind of what it's characterized as, but she has some good moments where she's, like, brave or not brave or curious and, and things like that. She packs snacks. Everyone else has got weapons, and she's like, nah, I got snacks. The only thing I need to keep <laughs> me from ghosts is a Nutri-Grain bar. Too many snacks and a huge variety? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're going to go into this house for, like, maybe an hour or two, and it's like, no, we need to prepare rations. <laughs> mm-hmm. She can't even keep a loaf of bread dry, but she has all these snacks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just noticed when she was walking in this first scene that like she was just out like first of all she's like what six yeah six years old yes. doing the grocery shopping yeah. uh, at night in yeah. the rain by herself yes. doesn't make by any herself. sense but she's just got like a bag with a, a loaf of bread just sticking out a big baguette sort of the thing rain. she's got a <laughs> tiny umbrella because she's a small child mm-hmm. and it's like seriously raining and there's n- no adult that's worried about this situation uh, but she happens to walk by a strange house and see some kind of like fire in the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, uh, I I just was fascinated by all the various ghost terms that I learned watching this episode. So uh, she refers to this as a hitodama, or lit, which is literally person soul. Oh, they translated mm. that to spirit ball, I think. Yeah, what we what we might think of as a will o wisp, which is I'm kind of surprised is not what they called it. They call hitodama, which is literally just yeah, human soul. Well, Having been a ghost tour guide for about four to five years, people often see spirit balls or glowing things in windows. Is it just lights reflecting in your flash or nearby lights? It depends who you ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And then Ayumi is so excited. She tells her friends she wants to go with Genta and them to check out the mansion. Uh, what is everybody's attitudes towards this exploration? Uh, Genta uses the phrase, I want to go beat up some ghosts. <laughs> which <laughs> That's I, what you do. It's what you do, apparently. I just love the fact that he's looking at these ghosts and his first thought is, ah, let me hit these corp- these incorporeal creatures with a bat, a metal bat. <laughs> That's what he brings. Well, you don't know. Maybe it's like soul steel or what's the thing? We've been watching uh, Demon Slayer. Hmm. What's this th- th- that steel called? I mean, that's... F- oh, boy. You would have to have set me up to answer that question a while ago. Okay. Uh, you don't have to look it up. There's a They have swords oh, out of a special goodness. steel for, you know... That's not what I was looking for, Google. Yeah. Michael, we don't <laughs> Google things in the middle of them. <laughs> Anichirin blade. Anichirin blade. Maybe it's Anichirin blade. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean bat. Anichirin bat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they also, for, for whatever reason, make the directorial decision to draw Kenta like a 40-year-old during the scene. He looks way too old. so big. His face is very, like, like just too many lines. He's been eating too much takoyaki. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Genta, right, he's the hungry one, and he's, I, I don't know, is brave throughout. Then there's Mitsuhiko, who is the smart for six-year-old friend. He has his glasses and all that stuff. And he has the rationalist perspective. Science. Science rules. <laughs> and ghosts are not real. Excuse me, there's no ghosts in my <laughs> science book, so there's no such thing as ghosts. And they end up kind of dragging those two. Mitsuhiko and Conan are not excited about it, but they're like, oh, you have to go because reasons. Mm-hmm. We learn a little bit about the mansion at this point, about the its strange history. that It was the site of a murder, which is... A scary thing for children to talk so casually about. Mm-hmm. A man was beaten to death five years ago. And no sooner did his wife and son move out that the spirits moved in. Horrible moans come from inside the house in the middle of the night. Any dogs that wander into the yard are turned to skeletons. And Ayumi saw a spirit ball in the window. Why well, I gotta get the dogs involved? Let the dogs live. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> Well, they say they, that you are what you eat, so maybe they ate too many bones. They became skeletons. Mm. Yeah, I think skeleton dog sounds really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds so cozy and cuddly. I want pet one. When they get to the house, is that a lot of ravens flying around outside? I interpreted it as a crow. Or crows. Crows, ravens, some sort of ominous blackbird. Yeah, it's, it's an omen of things to come. So we talked about the fact that Genta brought his baseball bat. And Ayumi brought a bag of snacks. What did Mitsuhiko bring? Flashlights and a compass. And I'm like, I, I like wrote a lot of question marks in my notes next to compass. I'm like, how is the compass going to be helpful in a house? <laughs> there are big houses out there. Do you have a map of the house? <laughs> and he's the rational one too. So you would think that he would think through this and be like, hmm, what is this for? Yeah, it's six, it's six-year-old logic for sure. It's true. And Conan brought his loathing for the other children. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't bring anything. Luckily, Genta came by earlier to explore because the gate is locked, but there's this wooden entrance, which is very out of place on this uh, like old stone wall. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hidden behind some bushes, but they're able to get inside. And it's very dark inside the house, so they can't see what's going on in there. And I I did not remember. I've definitely seen this ages ago, and I think... I actually have one volume of case-closed manga 
It's still at my parents' house. I don't, and the one I have has the Haunted Mansion murder case in it. So I'm very familiar with this. Um, so I either forgot or whatever. The Ayumi's kind of scared to go inside. She's like ready to go home, but then it thunders and lightnings out. And so she runs inside and bumps into a statue, which was genuinely shocking to me that this statue appeared. Mm-hmm. Like a big scary gargoyle with like a classical naked woman sculpture in its mouth. Mm-hmm. The decor in this house in this scene is like pretty questionable because then they go walking through the hallway and there's just like a bunch of ugly, mismatched, giant, scary statues Mm -hmm. (laughs) just lining a hallway. What's up with that? Especially since the family that was living here, like if they could afford this house, it's clear that they are wealthy and yet they couldn't afford an interior designer. (laughs) No, in another uh, genre of show, these are like cursed statues that were gathered from around the globe, and they come to Mm. life. Mm -hmm. But in this genre, they're just ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, They they continuously talk about the floor being dusty, and even once we start to get the sense, hey, maybe people have walked around this house more recently, it still seems that the floor is covered in dust. Is there some way you can walk around dusty floors and it just stays dusty? I was wondering the same thing, because at first I was going to write it off as like, um, don't think about it too hard. It's, you know, a kid's anime. And then I was like, but then again, things like why is there a side door in the wall or why is there running water? Those are things that you're supposed to notice. And so it, it feels weird that like we're really focusing on this dusty floor for no reason. They call it out like a clue. It clues them off to something later, but it doesn't necessarily hint at the the secret life of the building. But I guess, like, if it's just, you know, if if nobody's cleaning the house, it would in general, it's yeah. like a gigantic house. There's like just um, a surplus of dust. So yeah. I guess it could accumulate more quickly. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I've never lived in an abandoned mansion. Mm-hmm. You can't. <laughs> Right? Inherently, yeah, you can't. I also like, uh, Theodosia, you mentioned the running water. And, like, in order for us to learn that there's running water, Ayumi has to take, like, a five second trip to the bathroom to wash (laughs) her hands. Mm -hmm. It's so quick. And then Conan keeps being like, oh, the water was running. Hmm. Hmm. In a more modern episode of Detective Conan, it probably would go blink or whatever that noise that blink. I can't make the noise. I can't make the noise at all. That's not what it sounds like. But <laughs> well, he does make a look or something that he notices something weird is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, who wants a piece of wiki trivia? Please do. Ooh. So this is from the Great Detective Conan Wiki. Great resource for us. Thank you to whoever, all the various people I'm sure that put this together. So in the English dub of this next scene, none of this dialogue that we're about to talk about happens. Instead, Genta talks about trying to beat the ghost and everybody else is is teasing him for it, like we did earlier, teasing the fact that he wants to beat up the ghost. Instead, in the, what actually happened in the Japanese version is they're like, oh, this is like an RPG, and they all pick RPG characters. Mm-hmm. So who gets to play which role in a party? Not a very balanced party. No. Nah. They've got two DPS. That's Genta and Ayumi. They've got uh, a third, D- a ranged DPS, <laughs> and they've got a villager, uh, but no healer and no tank. So they're they're toast. 
they don't have a tank, and yet everyone uh, hides behind Conan as the villager, the NPC. <laughs> which is funny to me, because if they are using video game logic, then it's like, oh, of course, because he's an NPC, he's indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, attacks go right through him or bounce off of him and don't don't go through him. Mm-hmm. And I also like their reasoning, which is he's the important character that gives them information, which is exactly what he does. <laughs> <laughs> what I found funny about uh, Conan being the villager was when Ayumi called him the villager or Murabito, I immediately pictured like a very boisterous like Murabito. And I was like, why? Is that in my brain? Why is that what immediately leaps to my head? And it's because I played the Japanese demo of Smash Brothers when it came out on the Switch. And the villager, like the Animal Crossing villager, is Morabito in Japanese. And so the announcer would go, Morabito! Oh, so Conan is running around and like digging up plants. (laughs) (laughs) Grabbing apples off the ground. (laughs) Decorating the mansion. (laughs) Oh, floating around with balloons. That's something he does in Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. There you go. So this is also some scary things start to happen. There's a door that opens on its own. It's scary, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Good notes. Inside, they find an open window, and Mitiko says that the wind blew it open, but Conan thinks it's been open for a while, but if that's the case, the ground underneath would be wet. So it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Basically, uh, if no one lives here, why is this the moment where the door blew open if the window is already open? Yeah. Mitsuhiko is like, oh, well, well, he is out loud. Like, I know there's no such thing at ghosts. so I'm totally cool to go to the bathroom on my own. Yeah. Death flag. (laughs) Right. Oh, no. Do the children die? (laughs) That's such a thing in every horror movie. Like, as soon as someone goes to the bathroom, you might might as well just have the monster pop out then and like kill them yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but he also makes a set of choices because he hears sounds and then he finds a set of stairs that have appeared that go down to the basement and hears moaning sounds and he follows it and then he sees three fireballs and screams his last scream gasp and they can't figure out where he got to which is scary but not scary enough to like leave and go get adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're just commenting on how he's been in the bathroom for 25 minutes. Right. But because they hear his scream, they do go looking for him. Mm-hmm. Conan starts to think maybe something is actually going on because Mitsuhiko screamed for real and he has super vanished. And he makes the two of them hide in a room together. Um, and he starts to reflect on the clues. So here's the clues we've seen so far. Why was the water still running in the building? And the floor wasn't damaged beneath the open window. And there's this weird secret mansion entrance to the mansion, which seems like someone has still been coming here. But why would they do that? Mm-hmm. Why? So who cares? It's snack time. Oh, great. I'll see you all in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but convincing coincidentally, while they're eating their snacks, it's delicious smell time. And we get the nice cartoon drawing of like a little wisp of smoke going past Genta's face which is the smell that he smells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, falling just shy of him like lifting off the floor and like floating towards it. You wish. <laughs> Meanwhile, Conan finds a, a picture of the family. There, It was a father, presumably the man who was killed, and the son and the wife, as we see what they look like. But he has to abandon his investigation because Genta screams. He is now gone. 
And then, you know, just in case kids weren't dropping like flies fast enough, Ayumi then chases after the screaming. Well, you got to help your friend. Mm -hmm. And someone starts to come up and she recognizes that it's not Genta's footsteps, which I thought was pretty impressive. Right? Like, for a six-year-old, that's very impressive. I didn't know what my children's foot... My children's... I didn't know what my friend's footsteps sounded like when I was that age. I didn't know I had children Mm. at six. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, Noah, when I can definitely tell your footsteps because you stomp very hard up the steps. We're the only two people here. (laughs) (laughs) But if it was someone else, I would know. (laughs) Well, sometimes it is someone else. Genta's probably a stomper. I could believe that she would know. It is worth noting, though, that one of the things I love about this is that they actually do feel like six-year-olds and how they act and behave. I feel like there are so many TV shows, and especially anime, where the kids either act like adults and are still kids but talk and act like they're 25, or else they are just, like, insane (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this isn't even resembling human behavior. This show, though, it feels like, no, this is exactly, they would act like, oh, this is a fun RPG. They would be like, ooh, I smell good food. I go off, get. (laughs) Do you happen to be familiar with The Promised Neverland? Promised Neverland? I don't think so. Oh, you should check that out. Yeah, that's that's definitely a case of children uh, acting way, way older than they actually are although they like justify it because these children are like at a like they're doing special testing and being like bred for their intelligence etc etc so it like kind of (laughs) works and that is also quite thematically creepy yeah totally it's not quite enough of a mystery but writing it down though creepy peter pan i assume sure from neverland no but uh no but there's um there's a connection with the yeah with the Peter Pan idea perhaps <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay you got it would me. be spoil it, it would spoil the first episode to to say what I want to say about that <laughs> not that Michael is beyond spoiling things that are off topic on this podcast you've done it before have I what have I spoiled famously you spoiled something I forget what it was. Famously, but I don't know what it is. Oh, I just remember teasing you about it. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't remember what it was. I feel like I spoiled Death Note pretty early on in our Maybe spoiled something about Death Note. It was something like Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, so last thing before the commercial break. As this silhouette is appearing and coming out in front of Ayumi, hands come and grab her from behind. But it's okay, those were good hands. It was Conan doing the no hide in this corner and be quiet that's pretty common in like a tense sequence in a horror Mm -hmm. thing the old grab from behind fake out yeah Mm -hmm. all right so very quick commercial break uh where we will be paid to talk about the promised neverland this time will we (laughs) no but the show goes to a commercial break so i just wanted to acknowledge that because it's about the pacing um because this is a nice like moment of suspense commercial break which we don't always get on this show and then when they come back, now we can see the person, this tall, skinny person who's coming down the hallway. What I specifically uh, noted as creepy lank person. Well, I don't think she gets a name. She is uh, listed on the wiki as woman. <laughs> 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 so like Ayumi. 
Oh, Ayumi has a name, Michael. <laughs> but it's this is a very bare bones episode. There's not a lot of characters with new characters with names. I think that also might have been intentional, though, because it's a big thing I've noticed in a lot of Japanese horror movies where they won't give things names, and that adds to the creepiness factor. Mm. Yeah, of you don't know what this thing is or what it's doing or who it's about. You just know that it hates you. She's kind of scary looking. Yeah. The thing I wrote down is she was wearing an Attack on Titan hood. <laughs> well, she she was dressed in green, but she had a weird hood on. The well, dressed in green, but in Attack on Titan, they've got those like green capes that right, they right. Uh, mm. have, and that's all I was thinking is like, uh oh. <laughs> And for two small payments of forty nine ninety five, you could also have an Attack on Titan cape. No, we got past the commercials already. You can't do that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better one than the joke I made during the commercial. Also, don't make people think that we can make fulfill that promise. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't sewed in like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're on the topic, I hear that Raycon has a Squarespace website. <laughs> <laughs> And that you should check it out with Dollar Shave Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're all practicing for the day when people say us to pay us to sell things. Mm-hmm. I also like the large amount of stuff here. So she's carrying a three candled candelabra like side by side, and that's the fireballs that people have been seeing. They're in the same mm-hmm. shape. Meanwhile, if it was the modern era, she'd just be walking around with her phone on flashlight <laughs> mode. <laughs> if she was me, she'd have a headlamp. Noah has several headlamps. <laughs> it's, I mean, this is a great moment for a headlamp. She's got like a simple rolling serving cart. And then there's a meal tr- uh, tray on top with uh, an apple and like a cartoonish covered platter with a big metal dome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only things I associated with are cartoons and hotel room service. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she is effectively doing uh, room service at this point. Spoilers, Michael. There you go, spoiling <laughs> things. Uh, room service in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ayumi is still pretty scared, but Conan is like, uh, we can both see this is a real person in front of us. And But when they turn the corner, only the cart is left. Even the apple is gone. But certainly the woman has vanished. All right, this is obviously a highlight of the episode because, <laughs> first of all, there's payoff for the dust on the floor because Conan notices a little gap and that there's an obvious handle, but that they can't lift it up because they're too weak. So we get a flashback to Professor Agasa, who you, you saw briefly, Theodosia, in the first episode, I guess, in the, with the jet, silly jetpack moment. Yeah, he had a jetpack and went bang, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but now he just periodically gives Conan gadgets that usually blend into his outfit in some way. So these are suspenders, but they're not just suspenders. We actually talked about these in episode 49 when we covered a movie from the far future because these get used for increasingly ridiculous things. In um, in that movie, they're trapped on top of a burning building and they tie the suspenders and use the suspenders to go down the side of the building, (laughs) among other things. It's like the whip in the Castlevania show where it's like this is as long as or as short and as elastic or as stiff as it needs to be in the moment. Yeah, he definitely has a button that can make it like expand and retract. But right, if it's a 
if it's elastic, it should be stretchy. Although the subtitles here said retractable suspenders, but I've always the uh, previous subtitle I've seen is always elasticity suspenders, but here they're called retractable. Mm-hmm. So who knows? In general, I think that they're stretchy because like there's no spool where a bunch of length is being hidden. So it's just like mechanically letting it stretch and not stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't happen to know what the word Shinshuku means. Uh, I could figure it out. No, you don't, don't have to do that. <laughs> Why don't instead we talk about how do suspenders help you open a secret trapdoor? In the flashback, Professor Agasa is like, these should be great for tying up criminals, but that's not how he uses them here. Yeah, he like swings one end around like a bar or a handle or something on the ceiling and then the other end on the trapdoor and then like has it pull up like a drawbridge. Yeah, because the suspender gets smaller with more force than a small child. Hmm. Shinshuku (laughs) is telescopic or telescoping. Interesting. Oh, okay. So closer to retracting, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not clear. This is not a real thing that could exist, unfortunately. Couldn't exist. <laughs> the only thing in the show that could not happen. <laughs> Teenagers turning into children? Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's realistic. Don't ask don't ask where their bone mass goes, but <laughs> Okay, so they've opened the hatch and they go downstairs to explore. Uh there's this door that Mitsuhiko found before and it's in the literal dungeon, which it's like a jar. Ignoring how it's being used now, why did this mansion have this literal dungeon to begin with? Yeah. It's also like very castle and western style for something in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah. Right. Very strange. It, it looks like something out of medieval London, and yet it's just it's here. Mm-hmm. Uh Western style mansions, as we know from our various readings on Dying Message Challenge. Uh, are were in vogue at various points yeah. in the I think what the 1910s, hmm. so it could exist. And sometimes people built them on a on a slight tilt. <laughs> that was a good book, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Uh, the other thing I think you would totally not be surprised to find in this mansion, and we haven't mentioned them in a while, but this is such a Scooby Doo like episode. <laughs> it really is. I wrote down that no, is just that they need some sort of talking animal and they've got all <laughs> the other archetypes set. Oh, sorry. No, I just got a text message from Nick Elmer. It says Ayumi is the Daphne. Does that mean anything to you? Well, I think the Adosha, <laughs> it, sounded like, it sounded like you had ideas. So there's no Scooby-Doo, but are you? Okay. We can do this as long as it's quick because we've fallen down this rabbit hole before. <laughs> of trying to compare these casts to the Scooby-Doo characters. So presumably you're thinking Ayumi is Daphne. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What else have you got? I I definitely see Conan as being the, uh, the Velma. Mm -hmm. Cause he's always the one who actually solves the mystery. Genta, I guess is the, Fred Jones, who's able to just like charge in head first and like, I'm ready for anything. Or is he shaggy because he eats a lot? That's true. That's true. Hmm. Just without the possibly svelte figure. Well, that's all the drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. Also, the way they eat things, it probably comes right out because they're just like, they're not chewing them. They're just swallowing whole large sandwiches. Yeah, you have to chew to get calories. Everyone knows that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So here's someone's fan art of Conan riding Scooby-Doo. Oh, Oh, like he rode the dog in like the second or third episode. Yeah. This one is the Scooby-Doo characters in the style of the Detective Conan characters. And this one is someone just drew Conan meeting Shaggy and Scooby. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I want to see the Detective Conan characters as Scooby-Doo characters, which we don't have. Well, if you, if someone wants to make that fan art, you can send it and send it to us at dying. Mes- What's the email address? No, I've never memorized it. It's just dying message podcast at gmail.com at that thing. And I'll describe it on the podcast. Yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming back from that Google hole. Mm-hmm. What do we actually find inside of this door? It's a creepy jail cell. It's inside is a crying man with very long hair, a crazy beard and a mole on his face. And he is immediately just like he sees these two small children presumably the only uh human beings that he's seen in quite a while besides the creepy woman and his first response is ah (laughs) well social skills are tough if you don't Mm -hmm. if you don't practice uh, social skills you might forget them you might think it's acceptable to scream at children the moment you see them he forgot how language works and to be fair you and i have been paid to do that thing so (laughs) there's also a question here i have about timeline because the woman now walks into the room and conan and ayumi like hide out of the way while she has this whole exchange with the guy but Mm -hmm. she disappeared down the stairs with the tray of food right and it then Mm -hmm. took them like three minutes to open it with the suspenders and then Mm -hmm. they walk in and then she comes with the tray shouldn't she have been there like seven minutes before them where did she go? So what I figured out, Noah, what I just what I decided is that uh, she keeps the salt in the salt jail, <laughs> and to salt the food, she has to go to the salt jail and salt the food, and then she can come and feed it to him. Yeah, I don't know. She still has the candelabra. She's still carrying everything. Yeah, and how did she even open the trap door completely silently? Like, I want to see an animated scene of that where she's just awkwardly trying to pick it up with her feet. I guess. She also did it really <laughs> fast. Well, she she could have had the stuff on the serving cart, which was right next to the trapdoor, and then opened it. But then how did the mm-hmm. trapdoor close? It's not consistent. Right. It would have gone bang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Scooby-Doo, where things are always logical and direct and follow from one another. That's a joke. <laughs> no, but it does all add to the very creepy, very spooky atmosphere, and she genuinely does feel like a ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has this unrealistically cryptic exchange with the guy in the cell, which gives us just enough information for Conan <laughs> to solve the mystery without explicitly spelling out what's happening. So she's mm-hmm. like, hey, you in the jail cell, this thing happened five years ago. You've suffered enough. You can't bring him back no matter what you do. Get over it. Conan like thinks back to the portrait that we've seen, that he's seen, and he kind of figures out what's going on. His name is Akio, the son, or this man who turns out to be this woman's son. Mm-hmm. And in the English dub, they renamed him mm. Abraham. Ah, biblical reference. I guess they mm-hmm. saw his beard. <laughs> I guess you need a three-syllable name, maybe for the lip-syncing? I guess. Akio, mm-hmm. Abraham. Kind of similar. <laughs> If she squint, sure, sure. There's that fun fake out moment where they're going to be discovered because a broom is falling and he catches it, but then a bucket falls and makes a real big noise. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's another fake out moment because the woman picks up a gigantic knife that she was using mm-hmm. to cut the apple. I don't know. It's a very tough apple. <laughs> oh, man, I would not eat an apple that was that leathery on the outside. I don't know if that was much of a that much of a fake out moment. She really seemed primed to utilize it. That's true. It's not that she needed a knife that huge. It's that she likes having a knife that huge. It's mm-hmm. fun to cut up apples. Yeah, that's true. I, I like this brief dialogue exchange where she says she says there's no use in hiding, and Conan says you're the ones who should stop hiding, mm-hmm. and he's gonna mm-hmm. save them by giving his brilliant deductions. So the man in the cell is the son of the woman, and we all should have known that because something we didn't explain is that the son in the portrait also had a mole, and the prisoner had a mole, and it's the same mole in the same spot. The door, the secret door in the wall was probably built after the murder because it was clearly newer. So he presents as a possible theory that the mother killed the husband and she locked up her son because he witnessed the crime. But what he actually suggests is, pro- is what happened is that the son killed the, his father and that she is trying to stop him from confessing. And that's why he's moaning and screaming and that he wants to go out. He wants to turn himself in, but you locked him up. Yeah, she's going to like carve him with that knife, isn't she? Mm-hmm. She goes for it. She is going to kill a child right there in her own home. But finally, Akio gets her to stop, and he confesses to everybody present, which is just Conan and Ayumi. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is another one of those things where it's like the anime wants me to think this is all sad and tragic, but like he murdered his father because his father like was kind of a dick. His father was bad. His father was bad. Mm-hmm. But like... <laughs> he didn't do that much he was just a dick you just go elsewhere <laughs> you don't beat bludgeon him to death like he not to mention like he was saying he the father is a dick because the uh child akio failed his was it sat equivalent his college entrance exams yeah his college entrance exams three times which is it's still not a reason to like verbally abuse someone but also you can at least understand like yeah the dad would probably be very frustrated like oh my god what are you gonna do with your life yeah but the father's take on it was not supportive no but not murder worthy (laughs) 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 that's why he's remorseful because it was like it was like oh shoot what have i done i didn't mean to do that sort of thing um and Mm, his mom kind of comes in on him and there's a decent amount of blood in the room for you know Mm. A, sh- a show that has a- a- an episode of a show that is otherwise focused on six-year-old children. <laughs> you know what else the mom did? After he did the murder, she made it look like it was committed by a robber. She staged the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Michael, tie that thing you said earlier into what's happening now. What you told us about? Which thing did I tell you? Hey, Michael, what have you got for us today? I want to talk about the statute oh, of the statute of limitations. Okay, that was a while. That was a while ago. I thought I spoiled something. You have contributed much more since then. <laughs> that was the famous spoiler. <laughs> the famous spoiler when you read out the Japanese statute of limitations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'll never spoiler. let you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so this anime taking place in what 1996? Yeah. Question mark. So he had only killed his father five years ago, which means he had 20 more years of hiding in this basement before he would go free. But the mother was like, well, he's he wants to turn himself in. So I'm going to lock him down here until the statute of limitations passes. Then even if he confesses his crime, it won't matter. 
Mm-hmm. Interestingly, though, if you think about if she had succeeded here right now and she kept him down there without the kids like blabbing, they would have remained down there for another 14 years and then the statute of limitations would have disappeared and it would all have been for It naught. was retroactive? Yes, it was retroactive. In fact, it was passed in order to prevent the statute of limitations from passing on an unsolved murder that was due to pass that at midnight that night or yeah, I guess there must not hmm. be a statute of limitations on murder in the U.S. because of all this talk of cold. There cases. is not, or at least not in Pennsylvania. It might be state to state. Where did he go? To, where did he was was there a bathroom in that cell? He's been locked probably in there for five pot, years. Probably a pot. Yeah, a little chamber pot. Ugh. Oh, yeah. maybe that's where mom went. Maybe she was like, "Oh, you can't eat while there's pee in here. I'm going to get rid of the pee." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. The thing that I was wondering throughout all of this is that, okay, she didn't want him to get locked up in prison, and so she's going to keep him locked up in a cell for 20 years? And then I got curious, Michael, did you happen to look into how long a sentence is for manslaughter or murder? Uh, murder would be murder would be the death sentence at the time that that law was passed. Well, that's motivation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So don't die. It did. It it is better than the alternative here. Well, <laughs> yeah, but there's other things he could be convicted of other than murder. Again, it depends on the Japanese justice system whether they would have something like manslaughter or. I honestly didn't see anything like manslaughter. I don't want to make any broad sweeping statements because, like I said, it's just categorized completely differently, and I couldn't really get a firm idea. But it seems like the end result is what it determines the the nature of the crime. So it's like. I don't mm-hmm. think there's much of a differentiation, or at least at the time of this article that I read in 2010, between manslaughter and murder. I also don't know if hitting someone can be manslaughter. That might be like second degree murder or something. Oh no, I dropped a candlestick on your head 20 times. <laughs> well, manslaughter, manslaughter is basically like you died, but that wasn't my intention. So yeah, there's often arguments made in court where like, I was just trying to beat you. I wasn't trying to kill you. So it's manslaughter, not murder. Is that true? A beating can be manslaughter? In America, I mean, the, the argument has certainly been made in American courtrooms. I don't know how often it's actually ruled in favor of that being the case. Uh, but intent is taken into consideration in American courts. Do, 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 do. Yeah, manslaughter is killing committed in the absence of malice, brought about by reasonable provocation or diminished capacity. So, um, sounds like we all just passed the bar and are going to be criminal trial defend lawyer defendants. And we didn't even we didn't even fail our college entrance exams three times before getting here. Yeah. So (laughs) now we get just a few brief moments of resolution before this episode ends. And everyone cries. It turns out that uh, Mitiko and Gento were just like drugged with sleeping gas. Probably. Oh, this was the post credits. So I don't know if no, it wasn't. Did you stay? stay Yeah, huh? Wasn't it? Nope. That was something else. I wrote it. Well, I wrote it in the wrong place. (laughs) the son and the wife turned themselves in and then Mm -hmm. everybody got in trouble with their parents and ron scolding them which is where we find out oh my god these children actually have parents these children have some of the worst parents yeah actually i was so so blown away by the fact that we actually saw one parent per child that i was like do we ever see any of these people (laughs) ever again and so the answer is uh mitsuhiko no the only existing screenshot of his parent is from this scene uh, Ayumi, no. The only existing screenshot of a parent is from this scene. Genta, we see both the mother and father again in two other episodes. This says that Ayumi's mother appears in two episodes. 
What? She appears in episode 289, Mitsuhiko's Mystifying Forests. You got to go to the wiki. Yeah, I guess I went to the wrong wiki. What about Mitsuhiko? Do we ever see a Mitsuhiko parent again? That's what I just said. Mitsuhiko's parent. Okay, Ayumi's then. Ayumi, there's not even a page for him. Mm. So in episode 189, Ayumi references that she has a grandma. Or it turns out that she has a grandma. It's like so few people do. Oh, his father was in four episodes and is a very handsome man. Mm-hmm. Nice. His, m- his mom looks like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he makes his debut in episode 551 in the aptly named The Culprit is Genta's Dad. I might have seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so much fun. I bet The Culprit isn't Genta's dad. Probably not, right? <laughs> well, I don't want to. Sp- I don't want to spoil it, Michael. If you don't see him again after that, though, maybe they introduce him, and then in that episode, he goes to jail for life. It's so dark. Or, or the crime is just who ate the birthday cake. So now we have the end credit music, which I like this song quite a bit. It's good. It's been a little while. And oh, I put a note now, Michael, in our in my notes for everyone that there's post credit scenes, and they should stick around for it. Oh, okay. Also, yes. I now understand what happened. I just put my post credit scenes info in the wrong heading area. How dare you? I ah. found my actual post credit scenes information. That was the real mystery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ayumi has found a new haunted house. She describes it as like a spooky house where a teenager lives alone with books and it's been abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was a cute little dig. <laughs> yeah. And they're calling it the Edo house, but by a quirk of the type Japanese typography, it can actually be read as Kudo, which is his house. Yeah, so it can only be read as Kudo. Um, she she made two silly mistakes. So the kanji for uh, the ku at the beginning of Kudo looks very similar to the katakana for e. Okay. So it's a, it resembles a different character that makes that sound. And then, yeah, she just mispronounces uh, the... Do as the to. Do as to. Yeah. Which is very similar. Because the... the because the non-word ending version of that kanji is actually just Fuji, like straight up Mount Fuji. So yeah. she just mispronounces it altogether. Do you know how they translate that in the dub? Because that's such a specific joke that I, how would that even work in English? I haven't seen it in so long and it's not listed in, mm. in the wiki. So, Well, in the dub, his name is what? Jimmy Kudo? They they kept they left him with the same last name even though they changed everything else into white people names. Yeah, so but but they but they wouldn't have had a reference to kanji. You're you're right. They must have substituted something in. I mean, she could just have misread it. Like they don't explain how the kanji. Was I wouldn't misinterpreted. be surprised if they didn't have the post credit scene in the English version that aired on mm. TV. That's also possible. I have the DVD. I could go find out. Yeah, but not right now. <laughs> not right now. It would take a. Oh, wait. So, we made it to the end. We're not going to be doing the next episode or any episode for a bit because we're taking a bit of a break. Michael, what's your plan for our podcasting break? Uh, I'm going to catch up on the 87 million video games in my backlog. Oh, that sounds lovely. Just kidding. I'll just keep adding to it. (laughs) I'm not going to catch up. (laughs) So, we will be back in the year 2022 with more Detective Anime. We've got some plans. We're not going to announce it yet, but stay tuned to our various avenues for that. So... Is it Sailor Moon? It's Sailor Moon, isn't it? The best detective anime. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sailor Moon is delightful. 
what is it? Solving crimes by moonlight. Fighting evil by moonlight. Fighting evil. <laughs> Cracking cases by moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> Still winning love by daylight. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what did we th- what did we think, Theodosia? What did you think of Detective Conan and this episode? It was delightful. Uh, Okay, it wasn't delightful. You don't need to get that angry with me. <laughs> My stupid sticky coaster. It was delightful, you say. Go on. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of spooky stuff, and this was very spooky, very classic, haunted housey. And then also, it's just a very well-written, cute show. It's one of those that I have known about Detective Conan for a while, but I had never seen it because all I knew about it is that it's one of those shows uh, like One Piece or Shin-Chan where it started in the 90s and just never stopped. Mm-hmm. And whenever I look at an anime's Wikipedia entry and <laughs> the number of episodes has four digits, that's when I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, we just passed a thousand. How many episodes does Crayon Shin-Chan have? We never really talk about that when we talk about, oh my God, so many episodes. Oh, actually, um, Crayon Shin-Chan is right above Detective Conan on the list and just below Ooh. Doraemon on the list of uh, series, not aggregated franchises, with 1,068 episodes. Just over the marker. But but do you really need to see all of Crayon Shin-Chan if you've seen one four-year-old draw an elephant on his penis? You've seen them all. <laughs> okay, I do not know what this is about. That is what half that show is about. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> If, you, if you're confused about what Crayon Shinchan is and you want to hang out with me when I'm also confused about Crayon Shinchan is, I'll be right outside after the show and you and I can hang out and talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think uh, now that you've checked it out, you might check out some more episodes? Absolutely. This is a lot of fun. And also the it doesn't feel like there's like on the one hand, yeah, there is an ongoing narrative, but it's not something where you need to watch all the episodes of like naruto if you you can't just start on episode 700 you're gonna need a little bit of context this one it's like you watch the first two you're you're good maybe i don't know i haven't seen all how however many episodes of detective conan there are yeah they truly introduce a ton of characters but really does the status quo move forward Mm, not really (laughs) he has six forever yeah the the haunted house-ness was fun it it had like a little bit of kids spooky episode, you know, like I would say it's not as scary as something like, are you afraid of the dark? But some of the similar feelings at at moments, perhaps. I don't know if it was necessarily scary. It definitely was very spooky. And there was so much more blood than I expected there to be. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the human body. (laughs) But like when the father gets murdered in the flashback scene, he's just in a pool of blood deep enough that he if he was alive, he'd be drowning in it. And it's like, (laughs) where is all that? Where is it coming from? And why does it look like raspberry jelly? Yeah, it's more like, a, I don't know, like an early teens, late tweens show than it is like a seven or eight year old show. Mm-hmm. Despite mm-hmm. like what this episode would make you think because of the age of all the children in it. In summary, yes, I will watch more Detective Conan. Awesome. That's a very long answer. <laughs> well, it's a very long show. So, I mean, your answer was proportionate in length. It's fitting. So speaking of things to look forward to, which we kind of did, 
what can you tell us about Delve Immersive, which is what you're working on now? Yeah, so I've always been a really big fan of escape rooms, and I know a lot of people are, but in the pandemic, it's a lot of people aren't comfortable doing it, or they do want to do it, but they have friends who live in different countries and different states and different cities. Delve Immersive is a new type of escape room where you are actually walking around through virtual worlds using a digital avatar on your screen while talking to all of your teammates over webcam. It's something that lets you experience all the wonder and whimsy of escape rooms and all the puzzle solving and teamwork you need without leaving your house and exposing yourself to the elements or seeing daylight, which who needs daylight anyway? I agree. <laughs> uh, by the time this goes up, you'll be able to book your room for our very first escape room, the Witch's Oak, in which you are a team of witches who need to break out of an old cottage in the woods after you've abandoned society to live in an old cottage in the woods by using magic. <laughs> that is so cool. One of the things that motivates me to not go back into the world is like I can use magic on the internet, but not <laughs> in the world. It's actually interesting that there there have been so few like up until the pandemic, like escape rooms as a digital experience with people. Cause like, yeah. And that's exactly what this is. You're able to get a team of people together. Uh, it's all hosted and you're actually, like I said, walking around the space, uh, getting the full experience from your home. Yeah. You can bring your own snacks. You can bring your own <laughs> snacks. You can wear pajamas. Mm -hmm. All, all a plus in my book. That's super exciting. I, I can't wait to try it out. Oh, um, of course. So how do people find out about it? Where should they look? Of course. So you can go to delveimmersive.com. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of the social media things. Uh, still need to set up the MySpace account, but, you know, it's on its way. High five. I see you. I got you. I've got some good gifts I'll send you that you can put on your MySpace. Nice, nice. Wait, do you have Friendster? Friendster? Friendster. Boy, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> can you please send my uh, can you send me details on my AIM? Next week we investigate the murder of Friendster. Where did it go? What happened to it? <laughs> Which of these three astronauts is responsible? <laughs> it was William Shatner. He's killing all the social media sites. <laughs> it's not hard to be the number one murderer in space. It's true. There's not a lot of competition. Delve Immersive. Come check it out. Grab your friends. Have a good night out. Yeah, that is super exciting. Thank you so much for sharing that lowdown on the super new thing. And thank you so much for talking with us about this show, about haunted houses, and everything that we've talked about. It is so much fun to be on here. Uh, you two are both great. Noah, it's good to see you again. And thank you for introducing me to a really cool little show that's that's what we do uh <laughs> nine guests out of ten enjoy the thing that they watch uh this season let's not talk about detective academy q <laughs> <laughs> most people liked that uh i want to speak directly to our listeners for a second thank you so much for listening along we're going to be on a bit of a hiatus um but we're really excited to come back so if you want to be the first person to hear about the exact timing of that's working and what we're going to be watching. You should 
follow us on social media. That is Dying Message Podcast on Facebook, at Dying Message Pod on Twitter and Instagram. The best way you can spread the word about the podcast, let people know if you enjoyed your time with us, is to review us on Apple Podcasts. So give us that star rating, write a quick comment, let people know what you like about it so that they can check it out. Maybe you don't uh, do Apple Podcasts. That's cool. Follow us, subscribe. If your podcasting service lets you do a rating, then do that. It varies from place to place. Um, But keep on tuning in as we solve more mysteries somewhere in the future. Or maybe five minutes from now, if uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Before we go, I thought I um I thought there was something in the toaster, but it seems that a waffle has vanished. Would you know anything about the mystery of the vanishing waffle? As a matter of fact, uh, I do. This is a very old waffle from about <laughs> two decades ago. Yuck! Good riddance, <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Uh, so go ahead, tell us the tell us the story of the vanishing waffle. Yeah, so when I was about four or five years old, I was getting breakfast for myself, which happened to be toasterable ego waffles. I left to go to the bathroom because I was a child who was potty trained at the time. Uh, when I came back, it was gone, and I was searching everywhere for it until not even. It was probably like 15 minutes later, my brother comes out and is wondering, what are you doing on the floor? And I was like, looking for my waffle. What does it look like I'm doing? As it turns out, I could not tell, being a small child, that my dog had jumped up on the table, gotten the waffle, and ran off with it. And there goes my breakfast. Yeah, but it saves you time from having to feed your dog. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) is there anything in eggo waffles that's bad for dogs probably not (laughs) they're probably mostly food right there's probably stuff that's not great for humans but oh yeah that's true but it's delicious (laughs) i do love these kind of things that are baffling to children it changes as you age because first Mm -hmm. of all there's like you know just peekaboo with a baby Mm -hmm. like where did that person go Yes, we develop object permanence, Noah. Okay. (laughs) You move up from that, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can do really simple things to baffle a Mm three-year-old. Eventually, you learn that dogs eat waffles. With or without your knowledge, they (laughs) will eat the waffle. Was your dog like a common food thief? No, she was a good girl, too. And yet... That was only when there were no witnesses. Behind closed doors, she was a vicious waffle thief. Those Springer Spaniels. Maybe it was an Eggo commercial about how, like, tasty they are, where you, like, see the dog lick (laughs) lick her lips. Yeah, so good, your dog will steal it. Totally. (laughs) Hmm. Eggo waffles ingredients are actually surprisingly food-like, so they're they're pretty fine. Okay, good job, Ego. Although it is one of those cases where uh, I guess it's vegan, like completely vegan flour, and that they don't use like... No, I guess, is it sugar that they put use bone meal to grind it up? I don't know. What? Are Ego's vegan? Is that what you're about to tell us? Well, because the wheat flour list in the ingredients list reduced iron, and my brain decided that meant that it that they use iron uh, as part of the grinding element. No, there's just less iron in it than in other flour, I think. That's not an ingredient, though. No, but it's a mineral. 
Yeah, but reduced iron wouldn't be the ingredient. It's it's a thing called reduced it's iron. It's not reduced it. iron flour? No, it's enriched flour, which contains wheat flour, niacin, oh. reduced flour, and vitamin B1 and vitamin B2. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's definitely sugar that you have to get it vegan certified because they use bone meal as part of the grinding element so there can be bone in it. Like a small enough amount that there might be like a little bit. Wow. That's unfortunate. <laughs> What happened to my body after I died? Well, your bones were ground up and put into not egos. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> we always, I feel like we had egos for a little small period of time, but we always had the like four little mini ones. Oh, ego mm. minis. <laughs> yeah. Do those still exist? Those were cute. I hope so. And then they had the cinnamon toasty ones where it was, they were shaped like little toasts, yeah. but there was four of them. Yes. Would your preference be a full-sized or uh, Ego or a, a set of four minis? That's tough because, like, just the one Ego is much more portable. You can take that and, like, fold it up like a taco if you wanted. Mm. The four mini ones, you need a plate. Otherwise, where are they going to go? You just gave me a flash. I remember it like it was yesterday, but it it had to be at least 10 years ago when I got an Eggo waffle out of the freezer and like folded it taco style around strawberry ice cream. Mm. Can I have that? It's a pretty doable. It's like pretty achievable. (laughs) (laughs) I used to make ice cream sandwiches with waffles all the time. I'm remembering now. Wow. Mm. Thank you. (laughs) you're welcome also it just occurred to me that waffle cones are probably made out of the same material as waffles the food i don't know i've never made waffle cones i don't know how similar they actually are they made them on a baking show once they've got to be pretty similar maybe a higher sugar content lower flour they're just like flat so you can bend them while they're hot and then they freeze into the freeze and then they they solidify yeah And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast, episode 55, in which we suspend disbelief and our trousers. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom, music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Theodosia Mayfield. Coming up, what will Mike and Noah get up to while the podcast is on hiatus? What will you get up to while the podcast is on hiatus? How many times can I say the word hiatus? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note, the dying message. Yeah, I think skeleton dog sounds really cute. <laughs> that sounds so cozy and cuddly. I want pet one. <laughs> I don't know about cuddly. 